back called From Inside Out. And, uh, and really, it's something that God's dealt with me for uh, a good while. And I don't even know how long we're going to go. We may go from, for a little bit longer on this series. I know that uh, it's been in my heart uh, to get some things out. And, and many times, there's just some things in my heart. And, and, and once I get them out, then I'm done, and we can move on. Uh, but until then, uh, I, that's what we're going to talk about. So I want to give you this statement initially in this in this. Uh, in this message, and uh, I've been doing this through this series, and just kind of give you a little snapshot of what we're wanting to see take place. And it's this: the only way to experience personal and lasting, uh, lasting change, direction, and results is from the inside out. And we're calling this living from the heart. Uh, many people are living; uh, they live out of their fears. They live by their emotions. Up one day, down the next. You know some people are very emotional. It's like up one day, they're happy. The next day, they're, they're down in the dumps. And, uh, and maybe some people stay more down in the dumps than they are happy in life. And that's how they live. And so we want to make sure that we're living, we're living out of our heart. And then also the scripture talks about there's a flesh that we have a problem with as a, as that, that will contradict and also actually uh, uh, oppose God. And so we don't want to live out of the flesh. We want to live out of our heart, out of the spirit of, of who we are. And so uh, I want to take you to a passage of Scripture. I'm going to look at two different translations, and it'll kind of give you a little bit better picture of it. Proverbs 4.23 And then we'll talk about what we're going to talk about today. Proverbs 4.23, the Bible says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. The issues of life. Uh, One translation says the boundaries of life, or the substance of life. Uh, 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 your, Your life substance comes from your heart. And what God wants to do, He brings forth out of our hearts. God works in us. To will and to do of his good pleasure. He works inside of us. And, and so we need to pay attention to our heart. Many times we don't. We're, we're, too, we're too emotional. We're, we're too uh, uh, in tune to our emotions. Our angers or our frustrations or our agitations or whatever it may be that we're, we're in tune to. And we allow those things to dictate our decisions. And as a result, we get the results of, of, of uh, living out of our emotions. And we mess up. And, and we have messed up lives. And we get frustrated with life. I talk to people all the time. I'm trying to help people. And, and, and people get frustrated. And they come in for all kinds of things. They don't like where they're at in life. Amen. It's like, how did I get here? And I try to explain that you don't live by these different things. You live by the Word of God. And you live out of your heart. You live by God's Word out of your heart. You do it with all of your heart. You don't lose heart. There's a lot of people that lose heart. Scripture talks about do not lose heart. That you will reap in due season if you do not lose heart. And so when you, when you keep your heart engaged, fully engaged, not just partially, but fully engaged in what God has for you, you'll see, you'll see God's results in your life. Let me give you another translation of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, guard your heart more than anything else because the source of your life flows from it. Don't you know that the devil knows that? 
He's out to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And, and so he's out to kill, steal, and destroy anything and everything that God has planned for you and I. And so we need to be aware of that. And so he doesn't want us living from our heart. He wants us living from, as I said, all these various areas in our life. He wants us to live out of fear. Fear of obeying God. Fear of doing what God has for us. Fear of, of, of stepping out and taking that step, as, as Miss Vicky said this morning. He wants us to live out of that fear. And so God says, no, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. And so what I want to do today is I want to talk to us about, about uh, unlocking your greatness. I believe with all my heart that God's placed greatness in every one of us. But it's, it's locked up. It's locked up in, in bondage and it's held back and it needs to be released. And it's released through living out of your heart. That greatness that God has for you and I. He, and what He wants to do through our lives is locked up and we need to open that up and let God let God be who he wants to be in our lives. Proverbs 71:21 says this. I love this scripture. It's one of my hallmark scriptures in life. It says, "You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side." Notice here the what I want to highlight is that he wants to increase our greatness. In order for him to increase our greatness, we got to have it first. And you know that God created us with greatness inside of us? And he wants to increase that greatness in our lives? And so we all have greatness. We have, we have the ability to have great relationships, great uh, marriages, the ability to have great children, great businesses, great ministry. He has, he's given us the ability to make a great impact. He's given us that ability. But it needs to be unlocked. And it's unlocked when we understand some things that I'm going to talk to us about today. The Bible says that whatever we do, we're to do it wholeheartedly as unto the Lord. We're to give our whole heart to it. I think too often we're not giving our heart to what it is that God has for us. And therefore we're not experiencing what God wants us to experience. God gave me a dream one time. And I'm not going to give all the dream. I'm just going to give you the phrase in this dream that he gave me. And it's this, and it's in your notes if you're following along, and it's on the screen too. It's greatness only grows in the soil of great commitment. If we want great marriages, great churches, great lives, then we're going to have to have great commitment. Where does that commitment come from? It comes from the heart. we got to be committed in the heart. Because I'm going to tell you, you're going to have all kinds of things oppose you in life, opposition in life. Especially if you're moving forward, you're going to have resistance. Anything that's moving forward is going to have resistance. You cannot throw in the towel. You've got to keep the faith. You've got to make sure that you're continuing on obeying God from the heart in order to see that greatness be produced in your life. I don't care what opposition you face. And yeah, you can reason within yourself and say, well, I've got to do it this way because, because of my circumstances. We are, not, we are not governed by our circumstances. We are not led by our circumstances. We are not dictated by our circumstances, only by God. Amen. We say amen, but we really don't say amen, if you know what I mean. 
We've got to we've got to have that commitment that whatever whatever comes whatever's happening in life, I am committed to this with all of my heart. We've got to be all in. All in, folks. Living from our heart. I'm all in. I'm not half-hearted about this. I'm full. I'm fully engaged in what God has for us. And so, as I was as I was contemplating and and thinking about this message, I thought about somebody that God came knocking at his door, and his his name's Gideon. How many have ever heard about Gideon? How God took he took twenty two thousand of. Uh, 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 soldiers, and he dwindled it down to 300 to, to go in and in, in, uh, uh, overcome the Midianites who were oppressing, oppressing Israel. And the reason that Israel was being oppressed is because of the disobedience of Israel. Israel were, were disobedient, and then they called out to God, and God's so merciful. God says, I'm going I'm to send somebody to help you. I'm going to raise somebody up to help you. And his name is Gideon. And so God called on Gideon. And, then, and we're going to walk through this whole, this whole conversation that took place and this whole story for just a moment and see how Gideon had to unlock that greatness that God had placed in him in order for him to make a life-giving difference in people's lives. And I'm here to tell you the same is true with you and I. There's something great that he's wanting to do in each and every one of our lives. No doubt as a church body, he wants to do something great. Where we come together and we make a great impact in this, in this, uh, in this, uh, in this city, in, a, in East Texas, and even around the world because of our, our uniting together. And Gideon had... To get fully committed. He had to say, I'm going to believe and I'm going to trust and I'm going to follow God. Somebody asked me, what's it going to take to grow the church that, we, that we're wanting? I said, it's going, to, it's going to take God. It's going to take all of us. It's going to take generosity from our people. We've got to be generous people financially and every other way. And it's going to take us trusting God. Because there's a walk that comes with this. Jesus said, if we're going to follow him, we have to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. And in the process of following him, we've got to trust him. Are you all with me this morning? I want, I'm trying to draw out the greatness. I'm trying to call out the greatness out of you. And out of every one of us here. Because there's something that God wants to do as a church body for us. But we've got to believe it first. And so there's greatness. And Gideon is a great story. And in and, and Acts chapter 10, verse 38, very uh, powerful scripture. I want you to see that God throughout history has always had to deal with the oppression of the enemy. The oppression of the devil. Notice here. It says how God anointed Jesus with Nazareth and with Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Say God was with him. The third first thing I want us to see today that God's gonna, I believe, speak to our hearts about is that we need to know without a doubt 
that God is with you. That He is with you. He was with you. Jesus, He went about doing good. He went about healing all. He went about dealing with the oppression of the devil. Why? Because He knew that God was with Him. We've got to know that God is with us. We've got a quick question. If we're a believer, if you're not a believer, I have good news for you today. You can invite Him into your life and He'll never leave you or never forsake you. The, the moment you invite Him, he's, he's there for you. He's there with you. Never leaving you, never forsaking you. So let's pick up the story in Judges chapter 6, verse 12. An angel came to talk to Gideon. It says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Again, they were being oppressed. The oppression of, of the Midianites were coming upon him. And many of us are experiencing, experiencing that oppression in our life, physically, financially, relationally, probably in a variety of different areas. We're experiencing the oppression of the enemy. And I have good news for you. God is with you. God is with you. He's with you. And many times I think we struggle with that because of our human relationships. Because we think we have people that are with us, but they're not there for the long haul. And we experience rejection after rejection after rejection in our life. And as a result, it's hard to, it's hard to believe that without a doubt that God is with us, with somebody that we can't see. When we are so let down and disappointed and discouraged by those that we can see. And I know we all experience that. Every one of us experience that. (laughs) I've had some great people that have been a part of my life that I thought that were going to be there for the long haul. They've left. Let Let me just share not only my story, but let me just share the story of many people. Over 50% of marriages end in divorce. They come and you're expecting them to be there for the long haul, and guess what? They're not. And we've all experienced, or a lot of us have experienced rejection on that, on that front. It happens. Remember I had a, a pastor on our team years ago, years ago, 15, maybe a little longer than that. Great guy, wonderful guy. And I thought he was going to be with me for the long haul. Uh, matter of fact, this guy, he was, he was, he was, uh, I, I, I never, I never thought with, I never imagined that we would ever uh, not do life and ministry together. I mean, uh, this guy was committed to me, is committed to the Lord, uh, still is today, is committed to the Lord. And uh, he was a part of my team, and uh, this guy, he just, he had, he was, his heart was all in. And as a result, he, he, because of his heart, he, 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 he could read me. Like, I've never really had anybody read me before. He, he was all in tune with me, in tune with God, and I believe that's how God wants us together. And, And it takes work for that to happen. And uh, this guy was, I mean, there, he, he would know things before I'd tell him. 
And he would just he he was one step ahead, almost all the time, one step ahead. And it was it was one of the greatest flows that I've ever experienced with somebody in ministry before. But somewhere in the process, he lost heart. He he lost heart and he disconnected in heart. And I remember one of the last messages that he ministered here, and I thought something horrible has happened. I mean, I could sense it. I can sense that disconnection. I've said it before, relationally. When you disconnect relationally, uh, then what happens is there's an insecurity in that relationship. You feel insecure in that relationship. And I started to sense that, and I'm very sensitive. I, I understand that. And I understand that there might be seasons where, you know, something happens and we get distracted, and, and, and that might happen, and you can come back together. And I've seen that happen too. So, But this happened, and I thought, man... When he ministered that last time, it just wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't the flow like he had before. And there wasn't any flow, real great flow, between he and I like there was once uh, together. And I thought he was going to be with me forever. Well, you know what I mean, forever. I mean, we're going to be together forever. He's a believer. We'll, we'll re- reunite one day. But somewhere he disconnected. And he left me. And it was disheartening, to say the least. It was disheartening. I say all that to say this because I I look at some of my team members that are here with me, that's been with me forever, that I love so dearly. I couldn't ever believe, and it would break my heart to, to, to see anything but us doing life and ministry together. But the point is here is that we all suffer rejection. And as a result, it's hard to believe that God's with us, somebody that we can't see. And we've got to come to the point that we know that God's with us. There's something powerful, something supernatural that takes place when we know that we know. We believe without a doubt that God is with us. Let me just share some scriptures with you if I can. Because I want to build your faith today. I'm believing for greatness to come out of this service. That uh, there's some great things going to take place this morning. Something supernatural. And so let me share some scriptures. First of all, uh, um, Mark chapter 10 verse 37. It says this. It says, Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. With God. And in Luke one thirty seven it says, For with God nothing will be impossible. Amen. When we know we're with God and God's with us, there's not anything impossible that we can accomplish. I mean, nothing impossible. But we've got to stay completely engaged in our heart. You know, you can, be, you can be in the same parameter as somebody and not be connected in heart. With this guy I was talking about, which I still love dearly, I, still, I have no issues with him. Other than, I, I wish we were doing life and ministry together. And it's not even an issue. I mean, you know, it's, we're just on different paths now. But, what happened is there was a disconnect in the heart. In uh, Matthew's Gospel, it says, in Matthew fifteen eight, it says... Those people drew near to me with their mouth and honored me with their lips, but their heart was far from me. 
We have to keep our heart engaged. Gideon had to adjust his heart and say, okay, God, I'm going to believe you. He struggled with it because we're going to read that next. In Judges chapter 6, verse 13, it says this, And Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us. (laughs) Okay, God, you said you're with us now. If you're with us. God just said he was with you. If the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? We start to question God. Well, I can tell you why it happened to them. It's because if you go back and read in Judges, it says that the children of Israel were in rebellion towards the Lord. They, cho- they chose their own way. They invited, they invited that oppression in their life. The devil seeking whom he may devour, he can only devour us when we open the door for him. And there's where the oppression comes. we got to shut that door, baby. And we shut that door. And so it says here, it says that Gideon says, why, why has this all happened to us? And where, where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us out, of, out from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. God didn't forsake them. And then it goes on in verse 14, And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Have I not sent you? The second point I want to share with you today is that we need to know without a doubt that God is not only for us, I mean with us, but he is for us. He is for us. And when we know that God is for us, everything changes. Everything changes. We've got to know that he's not only with us, but he is for us. Remember when I started ministering one-on-one, my vocabulary was very minimal. My vocabulary was uh, not, you know, it's very minimal. As a matter of fact, uh, up until getting saved, I was 100% heathen, and pretty much the, the majority, the majority of my voc- if you don't know what heathen means, I was a 100% sinner, okay? And, and the majority of my vocabulary was, uh, every other word was a cuss word. And so that's, you know, I didn't have a very large vocabulary. It's like, hello, blank. Blank, hello. You know, it's just like, I didn't, so my vocabulary wasn't very, it wasn't very big. It wasn't, it wasn't very, it wasn't very good. And so when I started ministering one-on-one, I I initially, initially it was because I, I just, I experienced God. And I, I wanted to take what God did in my life, and I wanted others to experience it. And so anywhere I got a chance, I started ministry. I'd do it one-on-one. I'd do it in small groups. My small group, I just, I, lo- I love small groups for one of the reasons, for that reason. And I just start ministering, and I just, I mean, I share, share in services. I did prison ministry for many years, and I just, I just did it. And let me tell you, God was with me. And God was for me, even though I sorried all over a lot of people. I remember my pastor, he came to me. 
he came to me uh, after a small group he was attending, and he'd, he'd drop in on small groups, and, and, and our small groups were around teaching. It's not like free market like our small groups here. And so I, I, I was teaching, and, and after a small group, he says, have you ever recorded yourself? It's like, no, sir. He says, you need to, and listen to it. He says, you're your own worst critic. Honestly, I did it the next time. I could not finish that. Yeah. I, it was so bad. It was um, 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 um. I mean, I mean, I was, I was struggling for words, and, and I was, uh, you know, just tripping all over my words and trying to communicate. And, uh, and so anyhow, I listened to it. And in spite of all that sorry, all that bad, God was for me. He was there using me powerfully, making a life-giving difference in the lives of people in the midst of it all. And here's here's the point I'm making here is that you have greatness in you. But it's got to be developed. It's not just going to come out fully developed. And you're going to have to step out and you're going to have to trust God that he is not only with you, but he's for you. And he's going to help you along that, along that journey, along that path. And you're going to see that greatness develop and you're going to see that greatness brought forth if you'll just take that step. It's one of the reasons why we have our growth track is that we want to get people engaged in, in developing that greatness in their life. Absolutely. Romans 8.31 says this. It says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these. If God be for us, who could be against us? And then Psalm 56, 9 says, When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know, because God is for me. I'm here to tell you that God is for you. Let me give you another one. Uh, Psalm 56, 9 in the New Living says, My enemies will retreat when I call to you for help. This I know, God's on my side. God is on my side. I may, I may step out there and fall flat on my face, but if God be for me, who could be against me? If I fall flat on my face, God's there. He's there to assist me and help me. You and I cannot disconnect in our hearts. We need to stay fully connected even though we don't see things as perfect or as well or as good as they need to be. Start doing it God's way. If we do it God's way, we'll have God's results. Go try it on your own. See how far you get. Psalm 108 verse 13. With God's help, we will do mighty things. For he will trample down our foes. With God's help, we will do, not may do, will do mighty things. Amen? Amen? Amen. One more thought. I'm going to close with this. In Judges chapter 6, verse 15. It says, So then he said to him, O my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest. The weakest in, in our, in our how, how do you say that, Bob? Manasseh. Manasseh. And I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. It says this in, in, in uh, Good News Translation. It says, The Lord said to him, You can do it because I will help you. You will crush the Midianites as easily as if, if they were only one man. 
And he took 300 people and went and destroyed the Midianites. Why? This last thought I want to give you is this, is that we need to know without a doubt that God is gracing you. Without a doubt, know that God is gracing you, that he gives you the grace. Grace is God's ability, God's power to do what God wants accomplished in and through your life. Whatever he tells you, he graces you for. But let me say this about grace. This I know about grace. Grace doesn't just come on us automatically. Grace is there and grace is increased. And when we step out, when it's taking that step, that's when we experience the grace of God. It comes out of humility. comes out of obedience. God, if we will step out, the grace will be there to help us. If we don't, we're not going to sit there and just uh, encounter this grace and like, oh, we're going to bask in this grace. It's going to, it's, oh, just, it's just so wonderful. No, it's when we step out that we experience the grace of God. You stay planted, you don't experience. You take the step, you experience. Okay, you want scripture, I can hear you. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse uh, 5 says this, Likewise, you, you, your younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submiss- submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to who? Who is a humble person? A humble person is a person that hears God and hears what God is saying and obeys God because God's way is the right way, then they're graced to accomplish it when they take that step of obedience. He gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, because you're going to have some, for he cares for you. He knows that when you step out, you're still going to be facing this huge army with 300 people. It's like you know that you're outnumbered. You know that you've been oppressed for a lot of years, maybe. And he knows that you're going to be, uh, you've, you've struggled, and he knows that you're going to be facing some things that seem to be impossible, but with God there's nothing impossible. He knows that if you step out that there's going to be some, some potential, potential things that uh, might end in, in, in disaster, but he says, cast all that care on me because I care for you, because I'm for you, I'm with you, and I will grace you. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing in the faith, knowing in his face too, knowing that the same suffering and uh, sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfected, established, and strengthened, and, be, and settle you. That's what God wants to do. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, and verse 58, it says, but, and I end with this, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. By his grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than you all. Not I, but the grace of God which is with me. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And God will do greatness through you and I 
as we are submitted to him, as we come to him and say, God, your way is the way. And as I choose your way, your grace is there to empower me, to assist me, to help me through whatever it is that you have for me to do. Today, God's calling you guys out. He's calling me out. He's calling us out not only to build a great church, but I believe he's here calling us out to building great marriages, great businesses, great children, great, uh, great community. He's calling us out. You might look at yourself, who am I? Like the Gideon says, who am I? God's with you. God's for you. God's grace in you. You are who God has chosen. We are his body. If we are a believer, we are his body who he uses here on his earth to do his work here on this earth. And he wants us to abound in it. Can I have one amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Let's pray.